It is Wednesday, July 13th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. Run it. It's Indie, it's sports, and we're on the radio. Um, And happy to be here, happy to talk about, um, about sports in general. We're at a weird time in the sports calendar um you know there is uh tennis that's happening we've got some golf that's happening baseball is in the uh incessant um slog in the middle of the summer heading heading towards the all-star break heading towards the all-star break um but it's a good time to to take temperature of some something and we'll get to that in a second yes so we're joined in the studio by fran murphy our intern welcome back fran thanks scott we'll be hearing from you in a few minutes about with the sports calendar uh, but we like to have this next guest in uh, because sometimes we need to take the temperature for carolina sports we do and you know there's the charlotte hornets there's the uh, Carolina Panthers. There's the Carolina Hurricanes. There's some kind of soccer team, apparently, in Charlotte. Um, I'm joking, of course. Uh, but when we do that, we bring back our old friend, Philip Chester. Welcome back, Philip. Thank you for having me once again. Yeah. Nice to see you, Philip. So we'll just check in before we get to the world of sports. We'll just stay with your life. Uh, again, you're a dad these yes. days and stuff. Yes. And, 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 and how's that treating you? That is going well. Uh, yeah, she's about to be uh, nine months next Woo! week. So that's pretty crazy. Nice. Uh, yeah, changes every day. Um, I have been able to keep up with my sports fandom, even though she has swallowed a whole <laughs> lot of my time. <laughs> um, any uh, enjoyable firsts uh, of late? First ice cream? First something? Uh, first water is pretty hilarious. Yes. She hates anything cold, we've discovered, because she's used to having like warm things. So yeah, uh-huh. she, she had wa- cold water for the first time. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Yeah. It was like the Ted Lasso scene with the seltzer water. Hey, absolutely. Where he's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe a worse face than that, actually. Uh, it's, it was amazing. That's our favorite thing to do to her so far. Uh, <laughs> well, just on that, that was nice to see uh, Ted Lasso cast uh, in the stands at Wimbledon, mm-hmm. which means... They must be filming the next season. I think. I think they yeah. are. Yeah, we we approve of that. Um, are we some kind of like sports uncles? Can we just uh, <laughs> say that now, uh, Tom and I, like sports uncle? I'm comfortable with that. If you guys are, okay. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know what that entitles us to, or vice versa. But yeah, yeah, we'll have to discuss that off air, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will remind you, I did marry them. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's yes, right. Yes. You you have a better connection than I do, uh, but it all works out. <laughs> I'm just I'm just texting <laughs> Philip like, hey, can you come on tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. um, but you do you get to have the dad talk. That's uh, right. You that's get to right. be like, okay. I remember my first year. <laughs> yes, you're out of the bunker. Whereas now. I have lots yeah. of good cat stories. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we want to talk some Carolina sports, um, and um, let's start right off with the NFL. Uh, your favorite team is the the uh, Carolina Panthers. Keep pounding. Uh, and I, as I said off air, we're at a funny moment in the NFL calendar where we're done with free agency. We're done with the draft. Training camp starts in just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, But we're at the, like, we don't want any of the players to get um, hurt playing basketball. <laughs> and we don't want them uh, to get arrested. And that's all we kind of want. Yep, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, but your Panthers have been in the news recently. Yeah, um, trading for another 
quarterback. <laughs> Yet another quarterback in the uh, Matt Rule era of uh, this is what now the third straight year. Yeah, third straight year of a different starting quarterback, uh, likely is can what you, we assume. Can you name them all? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So first we started with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, year one. We shipped him off, and now then we went Sam Darnold, and then now the assumption is that the newly acquired Baker Mayfield will start over Sam Darnold to start this season. And trade it up to get a rookie yep. in the draft, yep. too. His name, again, is... Matt Coral. Matt Coral, yeah. And so your expectation is that Baker's going to start. Yeah, I, I that's my assumption. Based on how bad Sam Darnold was... Mm mixed with them acquiring Baker and given given they they acquired him for relatively cheap both money and draft pick wise mm-hmm. my assumption is that he's going to come in to com- to compete they're not going to come out and say no one on the Panthers is going to say right. Baker's going to start before training camp happens but my assumption is that he will be the one that comes out of training camp as the number one yeah I, I agree I mean there are some things that make you go huh? so uh their offensive coordinator f- former coach of the New York Giants uh, uh, ben yeah. McAdoo. Yeah, ben McAdoo, McAdoo yep, seems go. to, you know, have have indicated some preference to Sam Darnold at some point mm. or otherwise, and I guess he does have sort of a complicated playbook, which Sam Darnold is more familiar with at this point. So there's mm. some things like maybe not, but um, this is the thing I've been sort of working on, which is just um, <laughs> inaccurate narratives, mm. um, uh, which we we're talking about last week with basketball and otherwise. So this idea of just, just sort of like Baker, what you know, like. What a bust that was in Cleveland. I was like, um, they went to the playoffs. They mm-hmm. they beat the Twice, Steelers in a playoff game. Yeah. Like yep. things that had not happened any time. You know, so the team definitely uh, improved while mm-hmm. he was their starting quarterback. Uh, now the the criticism of uh, he does not have the, a great temperament to build a team mm-hmm. around, throwing some people under the bus and all that kind of stuff, and uh, calling up reporters for weird things. Again, so you can be like, ah, which I do think the Browns were like. We're just done with this energy. Yeah. That I can completely agree with. But yeah. just the idea of like, oh, this guy, man, yeah, he, he sometimes he tries too hard mm. and throws an interception that you're like, you don't have to do that. You know, again, you've mm. got a great defense. Just find, uh, whereas Sam Donald throws some interceptions that you're like, what were you seeing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how could Which, you throw it right to, to him, the other guy? It could have been a ghost yes. because he yeah. has yeah. quoted as been as seeing ghosts out there. Yeah, <laughs> as, it, it, with the yeah the uh, Patriots game when he was uh, with the Jets at that point. So that's for me is a, just this narrative like uh, mm. a bunch of like you know, thrown off quarterbacks. And I was like, okay, Baker Mayfield might have worn out his welcome with some of his kind of energy, mm. but in general, if he was healthy and playing in a competitive game, he mostly showed up and, and did fairly well yeah. yeah well it feels though you mentioned matt rule the coach um uh, he doesn't want to go the r- route that most coaches first time coaches in the league have done which is like i'm going to draft a young quarterback yeah. build the franchise around this young quarterback he's been like i'm going to take on mm-hmm. these other quarterbacks and i'll figure out how to win with them. Um, and so that's a that's a strategy, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so um, what is your what's your feeling about that strategy? I will put it out there. I am not a fan of Matt Rule yeah. whatsoever. So that n- know that everything that follows that that's the premise. That's the starting point that <laughs> yeah. I do not enjoy him as yeah. a head coach in any way. Um, 
yeah, I, it it is a strategy, and I appreciate the aggressiveness of always uh-huh. trying to get better and knowing, like, okay, Teddy wasn't the guy. All right, mm-hmm. Sam's not the guy. Let's keep trying. I like mm-hmm. the let's keep taking keep taking shots at it, but at the same time, you can't. I I haven't seen many people have success with mm-hmm. every year have grabbing a new starting quarterback, and especially a first time head coach doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, it just feels like there's too much up in the air with with him. There, yeah. it's like. Uh, I've accused the Panthers of not really having a plan other mm-hmm. than every year going, well, that wasn't great. You want to try something different? Yeah. And that's what every offseason has felt like. Though I do, I am a fan of the, the Baker Mayfield move. Yeah. Huh, that's uh, Yeah, I like the subtle thing of like, I don't like the plan, but okay, if we're going to do this, let's go with Baker. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, I... I appreciate like I I appreciate that versus them just kind of like sitting back and saying like all right yep we we've got this guy he's not he's not the answer but we're gonna put him out there again Sam like Darnold that, yeah, yeah I like that they're gonna keep trying but at the same time I think this might be the final swing for them right. because yeah. as a coaching staff three years in a row losing record I yeah yeah you're now you're getting my uh, uh, my assumption is uh, my assumptions as to how the season is gonna go <laughs> yeah um, I just watched the Panthers. Because they are on and like, mm-hmm. oh, sure, you want to know how the local team is doing. Uh, I don't think it helps that Matt Rule is an open mouth thinker. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw. The... I wish we had a camera. And Tom's doing his Matt Rule. It's, it's just pretty good, Matt Rule. People out there, Google Matt Rule. You'll see his face and you'll understand 100% what Tom is going for because, yeah, he is not, he does not come across as a, um, an offensive or a football genius in that in the way that he looks and dresses. For example, you know Shanahan with another always sort of like arms folded and just sort of you can you just like ooh he's thinking of something really good. Mm-hmm. He's he's about to rebrand, you know the uh, offense of the NFL. Uh, Matt rules. Uh, Wait, are we playing this team this week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm totally looks, off weeks. Yeah. He looks confused yeah. at all times. Uh, there was a, there was a meme. I think it was Barstool or someone that put out there. It was a picture of the coaches at like the winter or the off season <laughs> meetings, and it was Sean McVay. It was like, hey, here's a picture of the Super Bowl winning head coach, and here's the cor- the coach that chose Sam Darnold, and it was Sean McVay, <laughs> oh, like dressed really well, clothes fitted to him, just looked like an, a professional football coach. Yeah, and then it was uh, Matt Rule with like. He needs like size thirty two linked pants. He oh, has no. like size forty linked pants on, <laughs> and like he hasn't ironed his shirt in a month. He hasn't shaved in two. It's just yeah. He, yeah he Are we playing SMU? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. His his image is not one that you see it and you feel confident. But in. there is this. Uh, that's the sense that I've had from him is that he's a college coach mm-hmm. in the NFL. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and we've seen that some coaches have been able to make that transition but we've also known that that's a really hard transition to make um and and it feels like it's playing out that way that like sort of like okay we'll go with this strategy this year that that feels more like a college move than an nfl Uh, especially since he is known not as a program coach but as a rebuild the program program. which he deserves great credit for he did it a couple times coming in with a a program that was not doing so well then within two to three years uh there they are uh, competing at a much higher level so that's what sort of earned him this place um which may be why he keeps going like no no no, let's do another let's let's rebuild from last year let's Mm -hmm. rebuild from last year you know yeah, that that's absolutely what it feels like to me is that he's he's coming in and he's like, all right, that wasn't the right thing, so we're going to try again because mm-hmm. 
my fear is that I think he is a salesman, mm. and being a recruiter, a recruiter yep. type head coach, that yep. is a big part of your job. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got well, the richest owner in the NFL to pay him a first time head coach, like he's one of the best head coaches mm-hmm. in yeah. the NFL, yeah. is my my fear is that he went in there, sold himself to billionaire David Tepper, and convinced him, "I'm I'm genius. I'm going mm-hmm. to be your guy that turns this around." And we have not seen that so far. Well, you're always good to know about the rest of the team as well. So, yeah. uh, between last season and now, uh, a, a draft trades, players coming back off of injury. What are some things to point to to be generally excited about? Because it is true, people who try to defend Sam Donald in the first three, four games of last year, they looked really yep. good when it yep. seemed like all the pieces were in place. But yep. so, uh, just bring us up to date on who are you excited about to see come back? Has been brought in anything like that? The the biggest addition to me was their first round draft pick, the uh, left tackle out of NC State, Ekem yeah. uh, Ekwanu. I believe I'm saying his name right. Um, the offensive line has been a disaster under Matt Rule the entire time, which blame that on him blame that part on that's he inherited that right. so that that's been one of the core things that a lot of Panthers fans have hated is all right okay I don't know if you're the greatest head coach but we can see that this offensive line is absolutely miserable and there mm-hmm. hasn't been any efforts to really address mm-hmm. or upgrade that this year they finally did that so I'm, I'm really hopeful that we will finally have one steady piece on the offensive line that yeah. we haven't had in a in a long long time yeah, your theory of, like, get me the biggest person possible. Get me a building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Christian McCaffrey, do we know what to expect from him? Uh, I mean, he's, like, going to be the first guy drafted or first-round draft uh-huh. in every fantasy draft this summer with that person going, like, I don't know what I'm getting. Do you want the real Philip yeah, answer or the uh, optimistic Philip answer? We give up both. Uh, uh, we're going to get four to six games out of him, and uh-huh. he's going to be great and look like a future Hall of Famer, and then he will tear a toenail, hamstring, anything in between there, and miss the rest of, of All the right, season. All right, so that's the real take. Yeah. And now what's the uh, optimistic take? Uh, optimistic. Oh, Oh, Ten wow. games? That, that's, yeah, 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 I was about to say, that's really hard. You, I don't know if you guys know how much of a pessimist I am. Um <laughs> Yeah, I may, yeah, ten games might be the optimistic view. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really, he is. I think he's. I think if this is the giant if for so many careers, but if he was healthy, I think he's a future Hall of Famer, one of the best running backs we've yeah. seen, or especially running back receiver combos. Mm. But it's just not. He just hasn't been that in his whole in his whole career. And it's probably because of his usage rate that yeah. he gets injured yeah. so much because he's so good. And they're like, well, let's give him the ball. Yeah. As much as we can, but then that increases his likelihood that yeah, he'll get injured. Because the second weapon on the team is DJ Moore, who is a good receiver, not a not yeah. a fantastic great receiver. Um, but he could he could be a two on most on some teams, and but yeah. a lot of teams he would be a one. But we don't have a tight end to. I, I honestly, it would take me a minute to tell you a tight end on the roster. <sighs> yeah. So that tells you the state of that position. So yeah, it's Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, a good receiver, and then from there it falls off. Robbie Anderson's sort of the speed guy, but. Yeah. Once again, not a like, the human bobblehead. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's awesome. He's the most interesting looking player. Thank you for making uh, a, a thing that was observation about his look that was better than I was thinking. Where I was like, "Can I make a Merton Hanks reference sure. that's favorable?" And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, last played in the league in two thousand one, I think. Um, so, uh, and then we just come to the the situation uh, where. Of their their division, you know. Yeah. So despite yeah. like I don't know, they got a lot of question marks. Yeah, we again the Saints could turn out to be like Dennis Allen stepped right in, picked mm-hmm. up. 
there's a, again Saints could be or there could be like no there's a reason why this is his third team and mm-hmm. you know yeah um, and same thing the Falcons, Falcons seem to same. like had had some ideas but once they lost their main receiver to oops I made a really stupid like yes. um, <laughs> fantasy sports bet kind yeah. of thing so we don't know and then um, even the Buccaneers you imagine that Tom mm-hmm. Brady's not going to come back and accept mediocrity but you still don't know yep. new mm-hmm. coach. Uh, some, so it is possible that uh, hey, we ended up winning four more games that we thought we might have, and well, we're actually uh, second in the division with a yep. chance at a wild card. You know, on the one optimistic side, the other, the whole other side of the ball that we haven't mentioned, the, the Panthers do have a solid defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good young players at a lot of positions, especially defensive line now. Then Shaq Thompson is the veteran, but he, he's he's sort of long in the tooth for for football. Um, as the as the main linebacker on the team, but then their their secondary is all young guys which have shown flashes of being great. So if those guys turn into like can play a full season at that level, then I think the Panthers could have of those teams, I, I think the Panthers could have the best defense in, in their yeah. division. Maybe the Bucks would be the only one that would that would be on that same level. Right. So that's the one positive thing I have for, for you my see, fellow Panthers you know, fans. Like the Eagles make the playoffs last year, and yeah. you're like, are they that much better than what the Panthers could be if yeah. they mostly stay healthy and players perform to a level you could modestly expect? You know? And Baker is solid yeah. and doesn't make dun- dumb interceptions. Yeah, uh, And you yep. do sort of hope that, yeah, again, he's back where he feels most comfortable, which is trying to prove Absolutely. the world wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the that's the one thing I feel good about. And the Panthers, of course, have had a, Steve Smith, the greatest Panther mm. of all time, is a notorious chip on his shoulder guy. Yeah. So I kind of like rooting for those guys. Mm. And I, yeah, week one is against Cleveland. I feel like Baker at least is going to have right. one game where he really, really, really wants to show out. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm hopeful uh, for this season, even though on the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> I'm a, I'm pretty pessimistic. <laughs> We've got Philip Chester here in the studio. We talk some Panthers. Uh, it's again the NBA off season. Um, we've we've gotten most of the um, the big free agency moves happen, but there's still the whole Durant Kyrie thing. We heard some news um, that Donovan Mitchell is probably available. My guess is he's going to want to move on as well. But let's turn to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. We can move to the rest of the NBA after that. To the um, how are you feeling about the offseason? Uh, they got a new coach. Did they make any other moves that you were like, yes? They got a new old coach. Yeah, they yeah. got yes, they got a new old coach. Yeah. Um, the Horn- this will sum it up. The Hornets make the Panthers <laughs> offseason seem great. Uh, the Panthers <laughs> oh, are no! doing so well compared to the Hornets. Uh, so all of my optimism that you you know heard, you heard just an ounce of. Uh, yeah, the Panthers are doing great. Hornets, not so much. This off, this was one of the most important off-seasons the, the Hornets have had in a while mm. because of their decisions to move on from coaches yep. and players coming up on contracts. And it has not gone well for them at any of those levels. They famously tried to get Kenny Atkinson, the assistant coach of the, mm-hmm. the Warriors. He agreed. And then weeks later, uh, about a couple days before he was supposed to be announced as their head coach officially, he decided no. So then that left them going back out to the market to get another head coach late, late, late in mm. the process. And what, that is how they end up with Steve Clifford. Literally puts him uh, you know, in the wake of uh, Steve Kerr, who did a very similar thing to the Knicks. Oh, yeah, like, yeah right. we're going to hire Steve Kerr. I like, actually, that. no, I got, a, I got a chance to go to the Warriors. Um, <laughs> yeah. yes. So that was for a head coaching position. But, uh, you know, but, but um, Kenny Atkinson stayed, 
to be, be the, an assistant. Yeah. I mean, they sort of promoted assistant. They gave him more. Yes. Yeah, because um, Mike Brown yeah. left to go to Sacramento. Um, but also, they just had a, a great season. And <laughs> yes. everyone yeah. talks about the culture and the energy and yeah. just how everyone plays for themselves. And um, the, another guy in the coaching staff just won this, like, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm. He's sort of like their defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Was, Ron yeah. Brown. Is Ron, that yeah. his name? So yeah. it does seem like they have a pretty good time on that coaching staff, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, of course, people make the jokes of, like, would you rather live in San Francisco or Charlotte? Yeah. <laughs> Most people are going to choose San Francisco every there's time that. for that. Yeah. So, there's, yeah, there's a whole lot. Me, as a Hornets fan, I uh, will now relentlessly root against Kenny Atkinson and oh, all his wow. future endeavors. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. That's the just, dark side. The grudge yeah. tour. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, yes. Uh, I have uh, a friend that relocated to uh, Colorado, and he's planning on going to the Nuggets game just to root against uh, that's Kenny nice. Atkinson. So they did bring <laughs> Steve Clifford back, who was their coach for? Um, the four years prior to uh, James Borrego. Right. And I remember when the – so I sort of have the same answer. Uh, when he did leave, I was like, oh, why did they get rid of him? I felt like they, he did a decent job. Again, mm-hmm. there was just like a, an upgrade in the quality of play. Yeah. Um, I know you have you don't appreciate that he doesn't like to play some of the younger players. Yeah. Um, but I remember being like, oh, why did they get rid of him? But I sort of had the same feeling of like, oh, why did they bring him back? <laughs> um, and I think it was, oh. Uh, we didn't get the guy who we wanted, and he just happened to be available. He'd been coaching Orlando for the last couple of seasons. Is that he, right? Yeah, he was he he was with Orlando as the head coach, and then he was with the Nets as an uh, assistant or a, mm. a, like a defensive specialist kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's he he's moved around. He didn't have Orlando was similar to Charlotte, kind of ran out of the talent there. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that he was no longer a head coach there. But yeah, he uh, given the circumstances, since I talked with you tom i've come around to they did the best they could with hiring him sure. giving the situation situation of they fired their coach late in the season they made an offer to another coach late he turns them down like basically the cards were stacked against them and i do think of the available coaches he was he was the best option though i i wanted them to take more of a risk get a young guy to kind of build with Lamelo, and mm-hmm. you know start start from scratch let me ask you this if you had known that the Hornets would have ended up with this guy's what's his Steve name Clifford. Steve Clifford. Um, would you have wanted them to have fired that guy? Uh, who is in no, place? no. I, I would have said keep James Borrego. Yeah, yeah, that's 100%. the question that I wonder. If like if you're gonna move on from a coach who was pretty good, not great, but maybe mm-hmm. getting better. I maybe I don't know. I'm not that close with the Hornets, but like. You want to like? I, I mean, I I've heard you say this like like you want to know who you're getting, yes. you know, and like is that going to be an upgrade? And so like if you make that move to fire a guy, um, you've got to feel pretty good. Like we've yeah. got three solid choices that we feel instead of like eh, we'll just go with yeah. with this guy. It, it kind of feels a little bit like oh, well, why did you do that? And that Absolutely. just makes me feel worse about the whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that was my that was my <laughs> thought was when since they fired him at the time that they did, I expected them the optimist in me expected them to get a coach really quick cuz I thought yeah. they're firing him because they have a guy that mm-hmm. they're targeting and mm-hmm. it's going to be a quick. But no, it was a long drawn out process where they interviewed and kind of said yes to this guy, no to that guy. And to me, I I agree with you completely. You don't fire your coach that had a pretty good track record mm-hmm. without knowing you can absolutely upgrade his position, which yeah. uh, to me they they didn't do. I, I feel like James Borrego, Steve Clifford are about the same mm-hmm. 
same prospect, though Borrego was much more of a talent development mm-hmm. guy, where Clifford is notorious, was notorious for not playing anyone under the age of 30, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that was my vague question to you at the time, and I mentioned it on the air when I sort of, you know, uh, retweeted your comments to me. <laughs> um, well, it's like, well, uh, is is there an assistant coach? Is there someone mm. who can be added to the staff who's sort of particularly good with that, or really gonna, um, or do you like? I brought in all my war buddies. Yes, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. That that's still to be decided. I believe he's actually hung on to some of the assistants. Um, like I know the G League coach is still in place, and he hasn't put in a staff. So okay. that's still waiting to be decided who he brings in to be his offensive guy, his so forth and so on. So uh, coaching, fine. But my question is, you know, as we're talking about building around players, mm. so again, you have a genuine, outstanding <laughs> yep. talent on your team, Lamelo Ball. Um, amazing, it's just to say. incredible. You know. Uh, yeah, for you know, I would think that players would want to come play with that uh, for him. Uh, I, I'm not seeing a lot of like uh, in the scroll. I'm not saying, oh look, they picked up so so. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So uh, what what what's happening there? The the big issue was they had a what they assumed would be their second piece to their offense, uh, Miles Bridges, who got into uh, legal trouble. Oh right. Um, and that they were actually expected to offer him close to a max contract. So they were saving their money Mm -hmm. expecting to throw it at him. And then he is now likely not to be an NBA player for, uh, at least a few years. Uh, if not, is that what he's looking at? So just to be clear that he is, um, he has been arrested for domestic violence Mm -hmm. and he is out on jail, out on bail, excuse me. So, and, we're sort of waiting to see what yeah. will happen. With the, the rumor mill has shared that the Hornets are planning on they they gave him a, a qualifying offer so that if any other prior to this prior incident, to that. Um, that so if any other team offered him a contract they could match it. Mm-hmm. The rumor mill has sources say the Hornets are likely to take away that offer and then he will just be a, a free agent. Which mm-hmm. if he is guilty of the crimes he's accused of, uh, the NBA does not have the Ray Rice precedent and uh-huh. the other things the other precedents that have shown if you do this you're done and mm-hmm. you're not you're not getting a back in so who knows what will happen to him as far as what the NBA does but at least as of now it doesn't look like his his career is going to take the trajectory that it was predicted to at the beginning of this offseason right. so there's you know genuine disappointment with management or otherwise but those are a couple tough breaks yeah, like absolutely not getting Kenny Atkinson yeah. um, because Golden State sort of re-upped their offer and you know, gave, gave him the corner office kind of yeah. thing um, and then you just you know never know when a player is going to make a really unfortunate off court decision yep. and and otherwise. So those are just a couple of bad breaks. But still, um, and anything to point to, like I do like who we picked up in the draft. Right, they got a, the guy out of Duke, yeah, the center. Mark Williams. Yeah. Yep, I I do like that. I, that was the person I wanted. I thought he. Um addressed most of their issues as far as rebounding and defense they've and needed also, a center for years yeah literal, literal years like <laughs> I, I might have been seven the last time they had a center i don't like <laughs> i think they might have, yeah they may have been the original hornets then i don't know um yeah they've frank kaminsky didn't do it oh for you. no oh don't say the name oh that hurts uh <laughs> um so yeah i they've needed a center drastically desperately i hope that mark williams can be that mm-hmm. guy i think he fits as far as his skill set from duke was rebounder shot blocker defensive guy who could also catch lobs and that for, that fits perfectly with Lamelo. and he went to an acc school so yep. for michael jordan that's all that matters yes, right pretty much yeah yeah if he'd went to north carolina and michael might have traded up for him that, <laughs> yeah i yeah, got him a few uh, a few more uh, millions frank kaminsky yeah so instead of like frank the tank he started to end up being like frank the event tent yes you know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it serves a purpose uh, yeah he covers 
some territory. Um, uh, then anything, any, any chance of like, well, there was a guy they sort of played a little bit towards the end of the season last year who started to show some promise, anything like that? To further put the exclamation point on this being the most, I'll admit the curse word I've said to people when they've asked me about this offseason, it's the most Charlotte thing ever um, <laughs> is, is how I feel about this offseason. James Booknight was their first-round draft oh, yeah. last year, and he was a, he's a shooting guard, so he fits another position that they've needed for several years. Mm-hmm. So he was likely, especially with the Miles Bridges news, people kind of looked at, okay, well, we really need him to take mm-hmm. another step. Uh, he broke his hand prior to summer league and has not been able to play in summer league. So you don't know exactly where he is, but that's one piece that people are kind of looking at him along with Kai Jones, who was also their first round, the later first round draft pick from last year. So they do have a lot of young pieces, but it is all outside of LaMelo. It's all we are hoping is is where we're at. But what's cool is you've got LaMelo as Tom was talking about. Like there is a trajectory where he takes that next step mm-hmm. next year yep. as a natural evolution, and suddenly you're looking like the Memphis Grizzlies did last year with John yep. Morant, where you're like, that team looks cool. Yep. Like, I, they're fun. They're really well. Yeah, they've they've got these pieces in place, but it's mostly revolving around, like, getting that superstar. Yep. You've got that potentially. Like, But LaMelo needs to take that next step. He can't just be... This like yeah. tantalizing prospect forever. Like he yeah. needs to improve his three point game. He needs to you know do a couple of things to take those next steps. Yeah, that I've, it's easy. It's easy for, for me to forget. Especially I. I don't know how I forget this as a Hornets fan because we usually don't have superstars. But yes, we do have the one piece that we should be able to build around. Where for years we were wondering if we had that with like Kimball Walker mm-hmm. and, and a couple other players in between. Um, so I, I am hopeful. That if Lamelo takes that next step, then these next guys that I am the mm-hmm. James Book tonight, Kai Jones, Mark Williams, these other pieces, my hope is that they don't need to ascend so quickly because we will have that. If 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 Lamelo takes a jaw like uh, mm-hmm. jump, then the Hornets could. And you have Gordon Hayward ascend. too, still, right? Uh, yeah, he's in yeah. the um, soon to be on IR category <laughs> yes. with, uh, yes. with Christian McCaffrey and Charlotte. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> hilariously, their numbers are close. I, I wish they wore the same number; it'd be easy for me to keep track of. They should head. go out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like they, yeah. they need to both wear 22. So I just know there's like two <laughs> guys that are just great when they're out there, but you just know they're not going to be out there that long. But yes, once again, he's he's a great player. It's just the the health side of his yeah. his career is, has weighed him down big time. We're talking Carolina sports with Philip Chester, and uh, we just so happen to have the local sports news calendar, courtesy of Fran Murphy, talking some more Carolina sports. Take it away, Fran. The Orlando Magic have elected to shut down former Duke star and number one pick Paolo Banquero for the remainder of the summer league in hopes of giving other young guys an opportunity to play. Banquero has no apparent injury. The Asheville Taurus put an end to their seven-game losing streak yesterday with a 13-7 win over the Winston-Salem Dash. They play the Dash again tonight in Asheville. Charlotte FC defeated Nashville SC 4-1 last Saturday. Charlotte will take on Inter-Miami this upcoming Saturday in Florida. The Atlanta Braves lost 7-3 today to the division-leading New York Mets. The Braves are now 53-37 and will face the Nationals in Washington tomorrow night. And lastly, the Carolina Hurricanes picked up veteran defenseman Brent Burns and young centerman Lane Peterson in a trade earlier today with the San Jose Sharks. Nice. 
Breaking news Breaking with Fran news. Murphy. Thank you, Fran. <laughs> yeah. um, so the Carolina Hurricanes, we're talking Carolina sports with uh, Philip Chester. So they made this move. Um, are you? Uh, how big of a Hurricanes fan are you, Philip? I have uh, grown into hockey over the last couple of years. Mostly yeah. I started watching Hurricanes playoffs about two or three years. Then I started watching more and more regular season games. Um, Though I will absolutely say I'm a playoff hockey fan more mm. than the regular season. Um, uh, that's fair. I, I can yeah. I can get into it way more just because I, I've heard you guys say for years that playoff hockey is one of the best forms of sport <laughs> yeah. in the world. Um, it's true. So yeah, they uh, it's easy to say they're the best professional team in the Carolinas. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. if they were in Charlotte, they're in Raleigh. But yeah, they, they're the best across both Carolinas easily. Um, yeah, they they leave. There's a lot out there, hope wise, for them over the next couple of seasons mm-hmm. um, with the young pieces that they have. Yeah, Burns is an interesting piece. He's an old older defenseman, but you know, age doesn't really mean anything in hockey because mm. these guys just play into their forties. Mm. Um, but uh, and he's a he's a scoring defenseman. Like he's he's mm. always had that. So it's actually a a really good pickup mm. uh, as long as he remains sort of ageless. Like. It, it, it's a good scoring threat. There is even a, a more recent trade. Mm. So, yeah, I heard as coming in. So uh, uh, the Hurricanes have picked up uh, Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin from oh. the Golden Knights as well. Yeah, Pacioretty, again, like I think he's like 39, 38, mm. but he puts the, puts the puck in the net. Um, so making some big changes there. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. Got to watch some hurricanes. Yep. I, I absolutely need you and Scott to watch the games with me to explain to me more of what's going on. I, <laughs> I still don't follow at all. <laughs> yeah, this is more the thing of like uh, the reverse of like, sure, you don't want to jump on the Bills bandwagon where mm-hmm. I'm like, shouldn't I just divorce from the Sabres <laughs> and just embrace the hurricanes fully? It's interesting to see them make a lot of big changes because, I mean, they were very good last yep. year mm-hmm. and they had that just really tricky playoff series yep. against the, the Rangers. Rangers yeah. Uh, in which, you know, they won all their uh, you know, the first three home games. They won easily. The mm. road games on the road they <laughs> lost very easily. Yep. Um, and just I think just the hockey world surprised that the Rangers came in and won that game mm-hmm. seven. Um, but uh, otherwise, I mean that that was a s- solid team. So for them to be making a lot of changes, uh, again, I applaud teams that are like, okay, we don't we don't want to lose. A, a well thought second round match, you know, like we mm. we we want to reach the cup, yep. um, but uh, uh, and yeah, they're just a fun team to watch with all the you know the the score thing that they do, yep. the little Viking clap and all that kind of you know, the yep. little things they do at storm the storm surge, the I believe, yeah. is what they call it at the at the end of the games. Yeah, they're they're a fun team. Uh, they've they've kind of grown and grown their fan base a lot over the last few years with for doing things kind of outside of the norm of mm-hmm. hockey, doing celebrations and that sort of thing that that other. Um, old school hockey fans have uh, poo pooed on them for, but uh, as me as a as a very very young <laughs> hockey fan, as far as me getting into the game, I like it. And of course, as you guys know, they have Carolina on their on their chest, so I, that's <laughs> right. the team I'm going to root for. I mean, we still know plenty of people who, uh, or I do, um, who are just like. They don't exist. They should be the Hartford Whalers. Yes. You know, so there's also that, too. Yes. Um, so let's shift over quickly. Um, uh, the Charlotte FC mm. um, soccer team, um, How? where do they rank in terms of your professional sports uh, watching with them? Um, with them being brand new, that's they, are, they were low on the totem pole, um, though now they are the best team in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have, they have climbed, and of course – 
uh, MLS happens at a time when the NBA and the NFL are off. So they have that. They're, they're not competing with the Hornets or the Panthers right yeah. now. But if you were to compare them, they are much better than both of those teams, especially when you look at the, the off-seasons the other two teams have had. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten into Premier League over the last few years, so I can clearly see that Premier League and MLS are two drastically, yeah. drastically yes. different things. But I have enjoyed it nonetheless that I have another team with Charlotte on its chest that provides me something fun and entertaining. And considering they're a completely brand-new franchise, they are, they are doing well. They, they have steadily hung into like the bottom two or three positions for the playoffs in the MLS. Um, I got to go to the Asheville City Soccer Club game yeah. this past weekend where it was a women's uh, game and then a men's game. Um, and uh, the women's team won five to one. They were awesome. Um, and it was uh, it was really exciting. And so we were having a good time. And then the, the men's team came out and you're, you're like, they're significantly larger than the women's team. And uh, so I, I ran into Liddell Shannon, who's been on our mm-hmm. show. She's a big uh, fan of women's soccer. And she was like, yeah, I'm really excited because, um, you know, one of the uh, the players I, I, I taught her a couple years ago in eighth grade. And I was like, oh, right. Some of these are high school players. Wow. <laughs> and then, like, these, you know, large professional men um, – players are there too and you're just like right this is a different soccer but it was awesome to see five to one it was uh, right. decisive and they do a great job with that we talked a few years back with johnny mm-hmm. wangren about the yeah. academy where they yeah. actually kind of feature yeah. a few players mm-hmm. kind of thing which my weird theater thing is i always like love that like the globe theater in san diego mm-hmm. always a few people from the repertory mm-hmm. get featured in the play i mean yep. they bring in actors from you know the, the big names but they always feature mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. from uh, from within and i like that the Asheville City Soccer Club is doing the same thing. So I, I did see that the the men's team did qualify mm-hmm. for the playoffs. Yep. Um, first time in this division, the, the USL two. Kind of yes. Thing. Um, so that's cool. And uh, I'm not sure about the women's position for playoffs, but it seems like they had a pretty good season. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they reached as well. Yeah, it was really fun. But uh, and I, I, I'm going to stick with the idea of uh, pushing um, this kind of uh, Carolina golf um, mm-hmm. thread. With again, uh, uh, JT uh, Poston, um, mm-hmm. who won a little while ago, and Wills Zillatoris. Yeah. So as we uh, head to the the Open this week, the British Open um, yeah. starts tomorrow. When did when did that happen? When did it go from British Open to just the Open? A few years back, yeah. I think they again. It's all about branding and like. Well, we are. We're the first. We, first and the yeah. original. Yeah. So uh, all the other ones uh, have need qualifiers. Yep. Well, we are really. The mm. Open, mm. Um, uh, which I do enjoy watching. I mean, I like watching golf, but uh, I do watching that because I love you get to make sounds like you're watching um, like fall videos <laughs> when when you go wide into like the thicket, whatever they yeah. call that, and you just go, oh, yeah, because you know somebody's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just like when golf can uh, make you make. Uh, like UFC sounds. Well, you know? and it's also like 88 degrees here, and then we see them, and they're wearing like turtlenecks yes. and fleeces, and they're like, "It's really pretty cold out here." Yeah. And they're playing it was golf. The Scottish Open this this last weekend, yeah. the same thing. You just see like, "Oh man, make a mistake," and uh, <laughs> yeah. you go from like, "Oh nine over, uh, uh, nine under to like two over, yes. really quickly." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so enter- entertaining, I hope. Tom, we've got just a, a little bit of time. How did you feel about the results of Wimbledon? Okay? Were you okay with it? I know Nadal had to withdraw, so that sure. had to be tough. Uh, that was, but uh, I mean, I had mixed feelings about that. The fact that he was able to sort of like 
you know, just overcome a mm-hmm. incredibly painful abdominal strain and still beat um, Taylor Fritz. Mm-hmm. And, and that match was great. Although I sort of wished that he had, there was some way to be like, I know I won, but can he go play the next match? Because I can't. <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't like to see Kyrgios get a walkover. Yeah. Just because, uh, Kyrgios. Um, but uh, the <laughs> final was very compelling. I mean, yeah. uh, Kyrgios was fantastic in that uh, f- first set. Um, just ace, when, when you can just blow aces by Djokovic, mm. perhaps the greatest returner ever. Um, but, uh, you know, Djokovic is not always my favorite in some of his personality outpourings. Um, mm-hmm. But to see him calibrate and lock in and figure out one mm-hmm. of the most difficult serves ever and sort of just be just a little bit better and give Kyrgios a chance to get in his head and start yelling mm-hmm. at his box for not supporting him enough, mm-hmm. even though he had won the first set. Like, you were awfully quiet. You're like, yeah. what? What are you talking about? What are about? you doing? Yeah. But they had a really I know we don't have time. They had a really interesting uh, conversation, which is if he were in another sport. It, uh, so he's basically Draymond Green. Yeah, right. But he plays yeah. by himself, so it's weird. Yeah. So Draymond Green is constantly talking to somebody else mm-hmm. in the court. Or you see those uh, in baseball. There's mm-hmm. the kind of guys, second baseman, or other. They're just chatting the Chat. whole time. Yeah. Because that's just how their system works. Mm-hmm. But when you are that guy and you are playing a one-on-one match, um, it doesn't have a kind of convenient place to uh, and a present. silent sport yes, yes. Um, so <laughs> like, it just becomes like what are you doing yeah. like this isn't what we do here um, <laughs> yeah. so he's a weird dude but it was compelling but uh, Djokovic earned it you know mm-hmm. he, he 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 is again I think skills wise he is better than Nadal mm-hmm. um, but I think sometimes Nadal is just a little bit more of a competitor mm-hmm. a little bit more of a, st- a strategist um, so uh, we'll see and then the big country is like uh, uh, Djokovic may not be able to play another Grand Slam until next year's Wimbledon uh, yeah. because of um, being deported from Australia yep. and restrictions in New York with uh, vaccinations and just that uh, 10 Royals players aren't able to play against the Blue Jays this week because they're not vaccinated so again uh, I was frustrated with everybody with Kyrie but I was like there's a lot of other athletes yeah. who are choosing it it just wasn't so pronounced yeah. um, the way it was for him thanks for listening to run that back we'll see you next week